Yeah. Yep. Cracking open a cold one with Dune Dudes. <laughs> Hope everyone at home is doing the same. Yeah. What are you uh, drinking tonight, my friend? Tonight it is um, uh, Bud Light Seltzer grapefruit flavor. Wow. Is that... I can't wait to hang out with you again because I need to like try that for myself. Yeah, because no, it, it's good. It sounds it sounds like I. You will like it. I don't. Yeah. I, I I promise you will like it. But it just feels like the connotations surrounding it like make it sound like it would be bad, you know. Well, I know that's the thing. It's it's the Bud Light name has really been tarnished. You know, I mean, well, they, they've they've given themselves a bad reputation because they're the the beer Bud Light is actually very bad. Yeah, but the seltzers are good. I I, I I think they're the best hard seltzers, and I've had I've had all the big ones. Well, except for White Claw. I think they're better than White Claw. I do. Oh, I thought you never had a White Claw. For I have reason. had White Claw now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Hmm. And you're you're a BLS guy, huh? I think so. I think I am a BLS man. Yep. Nice. BLS dude. Um. <clears throat> So I just got to quickly call attention to our attire. Yes. Um, this is very exciting. And I know, you know, it's a podcast. No one can see what we're wearing, you know. Maybe for the promo image or something, you could take a pic of uh, our sweatshirts. I think I will. Yeah, I think that's the yeah. plan. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you got on? I I have uh my very own Dune Dudes sweater. Sweatshirt, sweater. Yeah. Um with original artwork of uh a sandworm on the front yep. and the Dune Dudes. So it says. Yeah, so it says labeled a sandworm. Uh and the Dune Dudes logo on the back. And uh <laughs> it's fucking glorious. I think it's the best uh piece of clothing i i i own wow that is an insane one of compliment very, okay yeah, yeah one of that's... very very close they're up it's up there in the top probably the top right. five probably top five i'd say damn yeah wow and you've only had it for a day so. yeah yeah i mean it's my, it's my first day wearing it but i was excited to put it on this morning and uh yeah it's it's uh it's How, have it's you been wearing amazing. it all day all day all day i put it on really? when i woke up yeah yeah all day <laughs> nice that's awesome man yeah, it's very comfy um yeah we got official yeah oh. it, it makes it even better because it was gifted to me by my best friend and the host of this show yes you me it was actually I did, you i did that it was actually you you yeah. you made the the uh sweatshirt yep all by yourself uh, I mean, you know, th- through a, a company and, you know, unbeknownst to you, I stole your artwork. You did. Uh, you did. Yeah. So that, that, uh, that, that was very, very sneaky. Pretty sneaky, sis. Yeah. I think this is a real testament actually to how good the, uh, sandworm you made mm. for June Dudes is. Well, thank you. Honestly, I think it's awesome like the fact that you could blow it up and and have it be like yeah. this logo uh um, no yeah looks great it, it looks phenomenal on on the uh 
you know clothing um honestly like we like it would be cool to get to a point to to actually sell these because it's right i think people would want to wear these because it's it it, it looks it looks rad it's not just like it is dumb but like (laughs) dumb in like a high quality way you know right yeah, I like to think that that's that's kind of like our thing. We make high quality, yeah, dumb or shit. that's the uh, the aspiration at the very least, right? Um, but yeah, uh, talk talk to me a bit more about the process behind uh, making these sweater, like w- w- like how you got the idea. What what, well, what it was like? I think I got the idea because my brother Brendan was actually. Uh, he he asked about getting Dune Dudes a Dune Dudes coffee mug. Ooh. And so at first I was looking into making Dune Dudes mugs. Um and you think that would be like the easy thing, but actually I I couldn't get it like how I wanted through the different places I checked out and like yeah. some of them you have to get like a minimum of a certain amount of mugs. Like some of them only you order just one mug either, uh-huh. depending on like the the service so yeah yeah and so i kind of just fooled around with like other things they let you do and then sure enough one of them was you know a sweatshirt sweat i'm like i fucking love sweaters yeah um and you know one thing led to another and it was like oh my god like all the pieces kind of came together and once i i fooled around with the colors and you know figured out how to get the design looking the way that i wanted to uh I mean, it was. I was like, "This is it," you know. This is it. So, yeah. I mean, it's, so I. It it came together very very well. It looks awesome. Thank you. Yeah. If I, you know, if this has uh, swayed any listeners, um, you should send an email to dunedudespod at gmail dot com. Put in a request. Yeah. Put it. Put put it in a merch request. Hell yeah. We'll send you the details. Hell yeah. Um, that that sounds good. Do it up. So this we have official Dune Dudes merch. Right uh, now by by request only. By rec- yeah, by request only. There's no store. But if you actually send me an email, I, I promise you I would do something about it. So That would be awesome. I mean, it will post pictures of, of, of how the, the merch looks on models. Hmm. AKA ourselves will totally. we'll, we'll be the models. Yeah. Um, so you can see with your own eyes, how, how cool uh, these, these things are, man. If that doesn't, uh, if that doesn't sell you on it, then, you know, I don't, then honestly, I don't know. Then it's, what are you doing you're, listening to this podcast? Yeah, you're, it's, you're, you're a lost cause. Yeah. Nothing will so. ever make you happy. Wow serious condemnation yeah um so so yeah uh i'm glad we got to chat about that for a bit um well, yeah do you want to wanna... fucking exciting <laughs> you know what else is extremely fucking exciting what the the ongoing story of god emperor of dune dudes yes i agree I agree with that. Um, are you ready to to dive in? I'm ready to Do jump our into it. Breakdown. I and... I am, but of course, first we 
We need to sing oh, that theme song. Fuck. Do you here? Do you do you want me to send you the lyrics quick, and then we can try to sing together? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna text you the lyrics. Okay, they're 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 pretty easy, and you know the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Wow, I, you you really had this ready. I just sent it this to you. Was, you just had this in your notes. And yep. Copy pasted it. Huh? Yep. I sure did. This is really long. Are you sure we have to yes. do this? Yes. Well. Let's okay. Let's let's do it the full. Let's okay. Let's, yeah. let's do the full version this time. Then, if you think of things we we should cut to, for time or for pacing or whatever, then we can do that okay. next next episode. Okay, because we right. are on a on a constant quest to cut down our podcast due to time and pacing. Yeah, I mean we 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 tend to go go very very long, um, which is I mean it's 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 fine. I I I'm I'm of the understanding that our fans really think that the more dune dudes the better you know well i i think it's that they they appreciate the banter but i don't know i i think that like the hour hour and a half mark is i i don't know what's best i don't know what's best it doesn't matter because we're clearly just doing whatever we want but uh no i know i i i think the hour and a half mark is like pretty perfect i think that's good yeah going two and a half hours is okay was, for special, very special episodes, but um, right, right, yeah. I mean, when we talked about, I mean, that was like the that was the beginning to God Emperor. We had a lot to yeah, talk about. I we think did. We'll, I we think did. we'll go through this a bit more timely. So I I agree. We'll see. No promises, but yeah. Are you ready, my friend? Let's do it. Okay. One, two, three, four. God, God Emperor, Emperor Dune. Worm, worm man, man I, I love, stand beside him, him and guide him, him through the golden path he's chosen, towards the Kralizek, four thousand years brutality, one day we'll miss Mwadib. God Emperor of Dune, the worm man we all love. Should just be the worm man. Yeah, I know. I don't know why the worm man we all love. Yeah, you're right. But uh, yeah, not bad. We did it. No, no, not bad at all. Okay, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take the that. That'll be the cut we make. Is I'll take the all out of the last line. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be the only cut we make. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh. You know, over time, over over the course of several episodes, we'll we'll probably add up to at least one or two seconds. So. Yeah. Alex, what do you think? She likes it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that uh, Tony didn't hear that, so I don't. Uh... Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> um. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention before we we really start reading. I don't know what your copy looks like or where you're at. Yeah. Um, ten chapters in, I'm on page seventy. Let's see. An unknown total, but oh, I'm on page sixty-two. Okay. I've got um, a I you know I've got a smaller um, soft cover. Right, paperback. and we're not. We're not quite a quarter of the way in, but by the next 
chunk of these the, these next five chapters, depending on how long they are. Uh, you know, we might be there or yeah. we're getting really close. I we are, like, we um, are, and it's 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 strange because it's like I feel like we we have barely um, touched the surface. Oh yeah, no, I mean obviously there's a lot, um, but even though these chapters aren't very long in and of themselves, it feels like on average they're longer than the children of Dune chapters. Yeah, I think so. Um, so you know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it'd be weird to go back to uh, just like Dune length chapters. Like, where, you know, I think um, I've, I've actually liked these these chapters so far. And I know some of them are really short, but uh, yeah, I, I, overall, I think, I it think it's a better mixture. You know, we, right. we, we kind of get the meteor chapters mixed in with, uh, you know, short excerpts of, you know, conversations or texts or whatever, which is cool. Um but I, I I also think that this kind of this story actually is 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 more suited for kind of the the, the more meaty um, yeah portions yeah no the the longer chapters have been uh, better overall yeah um, so let's see where were we um. Oh yeah, okay. So where we last left off, it was Leto thinking, "Man, good thing that Duncan Idaho I killed didn't hit my brain." But then also, it's impossible because my brain has uh, yeah, it's it's spread it's, into nodal conjuries throughout my body. It's all around me. So presumably, even if one part of that was hit, it wouldn't really be a fatal yeah. blow he, he but, uh, uh, yeah but where we begin in this next section um i mean i starts in a i wonder what would happen if if he did get shot in the face you know like if he could still function i mean i guess he could but just it would just be interesting if if his other you know more more human functions like speaking and seeing and stuff like that would would be affected if his face was uh you know blown off or or extremely damaged right yeah speaking of him speaking one of the things i've been thinking of is um i i keep wanting them to have some sort of clarification in the book as to like what he sounds like when he talks. Yeah. Because I, I, it, I get the impression that, um, I mean, it hasn't even mentioned if like his face has aged. You I know. know. Am I supposed I to imagine his nine year old immortal face? On yeah. This that, giant worm? that would be weird. That, that so I, I've kind of been going back and forth in my head, but, um, I right, right now I, I'm imagining a slightly older James McAvoy. <laughs> not shirtless uh, well i mean i, I guess and i guess yes he is shirtless because he's te- a technically shirtless yeah yeah, yeah. just way um, way sexier though with uh with uh you know the worm skin <laughs> it's funny it's like uh you know they wanted him all all hunkified and 
in the miniseries and in your brain you're like no james you are the worm i know (laughs) you can't escape your fate you know you can't no sorry james um yeah and like does he just i don't know in my brain i'm like imagining it's almost like that effect where like it's a normal voice but then like there's also this like like guttural like deep mm, yeah kind of like weird a voice worm like voice possession thing yeah yeah right yeah. um i don't know i i just wish it'd be nice if there was like something because i don't really know it I feels know. like that should be like commented on because it's not that it's confusing it's just like i i don't really know what to think it doesn't I, again i'm like sometimes i think like it has his face been like petrified is he like still nine but then just like a worm yeah you know? that, that would be absolutely bizarre but i mean like i i don't know i wouldn't be surprised in the slightest anyways um yeah oh right okay but but this this the opening here it it starts off in a a very different place from uh from where we we left um we're introduced to a new character um it's just this woman working at a desk in this nondescript room, and um, she's writing a report to Leto, saying, um, you know, uh, I don't know why you've like bound me in service to Siona, and I have to be obedient to her no matter what. Yeah. You know, she's like a threat to you let me do something about this your servant forever Nayla um, and it turns out that she's also part of the rebellion yes and so she meets up with Siona and this uh, mousy little fucker Topri um and Topri's like, oh, check this shit out. Look at what Siona's figured out. And Siona and Nayla are like, come on, Topri, get your fucking shit together. And then we, we find out what the thing is at the end. And we'll, I, I think we'll... Let's talk about all the stuff before before we yeah. talk about what they, they find at the end of this chapter. Um, how did you, how'd you feel about like this character introduction? Um... Yeah, what do you I think about Nayla and Topri. I like Nayla, even though she is a traitor. Um, well, she's she's loyal to Leto. I know she's got to be a traitor to someone. Either way, I guess. I mean, she's a traitor to Siona, right? Um, I I I like how you know they described her as like big and muscular. Right. Um, I like her kind of struggle in her head um, about how to, you know, continue pretending that she doesn't worship Leto uh, when she does, and then kind of how that works out um, towards the end when you know she she says she has to follow her God or whatever, and then Siona just assumes that they're talking about the same God and not, and not Lido. Right. That's interesting. Um, yeah. You'd think, 
that Siona might want more clarification on that. Yeah. It's it's almost funny that she's like satisfied with uh Nayla's answer and yep. and uh Siona's just like see Topri, we both believe. Yeah, know? I mean like... I, I I think it helps that uh Topri is more, you know, uh like surface level skittish, you know, yes. than than uh Nayla is. Um, so, so he, like, she has no reason to suspect Nayla when, when somebody is, is more suspicious right in front of her, I guess. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think she's a cool character and, and this is kind of the first or, you know, maybe the, the, uh, most thought out kind of, um, picture of like somebody who actually is like, de- like really devoted to Leto and, yeah. uh, I think that's very interesting and I and I want to see more than that more of that and and uh get more of why and uh how uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah no I, I think it's I I think that's it's you know cool and you know setting this this rebellion group up and having people who who have infiltrated it is is you know very interesting and um yeah, I mean, it also makes you think, you know, what what is Leto's endgame with with Nayla? Um, yeah, what does he truly want out of her? Um, so yeah, what do you think about Nayla? I'm I'm with you on the the main points. Um, uh. I think it's also cool that she's introduced as this, um, like, stronger, muscular character. And we kind of see later that she kind of does act as, like, um, kind of like the enforcer. You know, that, mm. that she she uses her brute strength, like, in service to the rebellion. Yeah. You know, obviously, again, as, as part of a ruse. Yeah. But, um, so... Yeah, I mean, it is interesting to have a, a character like that, especially when Herbert is... Not that he hasn't had, like, I don't know, quote-unquote, strong women, you know? But, like, um... But, you know, one of the first things we learn about this character is, like, their uh, their, their imposing nature. Mm-hmm. So, um... It's cool that we have that as a part of her character. Um... And yeah, I definitely like the the double agent kind of aspect to her. Yeah. Um. You know, as with like most of these things with Herbert, it's like sometimes it's like, oh, is this gonna like be a like thing throughout the rest of the book, or like is all the shit gonna go down in like five or ten chapters from now, and like yeah. your cover's already blown, you know? Like, um, could go either way. Part of me wonders if Siona like already knows too or or has like her own well, that's, suspicions that's the thing is is uh you, you know siona is is and you know the the chapters ahead of this kind of definitely give um like credit to this theory that that yeah she she does know more than kind of is shown and and you know even even uh Though she may not be prescient, uh, she's very smart and, you know, trained to the nines physically and <clears throat> mentally, I'm assuming, too. Um, yeah. 
so so yeah, I, I you know I think she knows there has to be infiltrators and and uh, you know she might know more than we think and is, yeah. is keeping her enemies closer. Um, and I mean she might even be playing with Nayla too. Right. Yeah, which of course it's like I'll get back on topic and and talk about Nayla and Topri, but <clears throat> it is funny to see the way that um Siona and Leto are are both kind of like running these rival organizations, you yeah. know, and, and and they're both playing with each other in that aspect mm-hmm. or they're, they're both sending messages to each other. You yeah. Know, this and that. Especially the, um, the, you know, one of the, the, I forget if it was the last chapter or the one before that, uh, of this run, what was, is, is a good, uh, indicator that they're, they, 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 they both are playing games with each other. Um, yeah. And they know they are, you know? Uh, so yeah, that, that is interesting. And everyone else around them kind of, I don't think is as privy to that as, as, um, as those two are right um right and like you're saying we'll we'll get to that when we get to it yeah um back to nayla i think you're right to wonder too like we haven't i don't know so like some of it feels like it would be good to have more um clarity on on why you would have these like devote devout uh, followers Toledo. Um, but on the other hand, you know, presumably he's responsible for like the, the complete terrification, terraforming of Arrakis. You know Mm -hmm. I mean? Like to some people it might seem like a miracle to, uh, to change the planet the way he has. And that's a good point. You're right. Yeah. Probably provide some kind of like, yeah. Right. I mean like the peace, the stability, whether it be forced, or not, you know, to to the most of the people, the the average everyday person, they're probably just um, enjoying the peace as it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not really affected by whatever means Leto uh, has to do to to keep it going. So it also, I think there are good reasons. Yeah. In place. No, I I I think you're probably right, but also what I would like to see more of is like. I mean, it it does seem like the Fremen, or there's not really any Fremen these days, but citizens of Arrakis. Um, it seems like they they live pretty well, I guess. But I, I, we we really just have not seen how they how they live. I mean, is yeah. is is Leto's reign? You know, is is he starving the 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 layperson? You know, or or does everybody have like comfortable? middle-class lives you know um, yeah are there people out there on the street well you know without food or is everyone well fed and you know um content well chapter four does give us an interesting window into that when when um siona is thinking to herself about the night when her and topri went to purchased the fake cries knife yes. from the museum yep. Fremen. Um, they, Oh, you know what? It doesn't have to do with her flashback, but it is that chapter. It has to do with um, them talking about the meeting room they're in is like in between these working shifts. Yeah. And uh, 
and some of the people coming in are like disguised. They're in different uniforms for right. For there's different like different jobs. jumpsuits. Yeah. Right. There's engineers. There's like yeah. Um, and so to me, it kind of gives this impression that like everyone has like a clearly defined job and like this yeah. this very like dorky future way where it's like well if you're an engineer you wear a green jumpsuit yeah, you know like yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. just like has their fucking clothes and but it's it's also that kind of um i don't know if dystopian is really the word for it but kind of like that bleak it's a bleak future in a way yeah. where like you know there's there's no real self-expression you know like if you do yeah. this thing then this is how you dress and how you behave yeah when you're expected Pretty, to do these things yeah i mean so it's like very regimented you know extrapolating that from from that short passage i, I mean i it is I, th- I think you're probably right i think that is is maybe the message we were supposed to uh, receive but it's it's definitely kind of like uh you, you know how how people from or how like art from uh like the 80s or whatever like portrayed communism you know right um you, you know lack of individuality lack of creativity um yeah just like bleak oppressive um routine you know yeah um, yeah so I, th- I think that might be close to what we are looking at here yeah and even coming back to this chapter with nayla it feels like you get some of that like utilitarian mm-hmm. does you know it's like underneath the citadel you know there's no need for decoration like they talk about just how yeah. bare the walls are it's just like a steel cube yeah with a fucking cot in it you mm-hmm. know yeah yeah and Nayla and Topri and Siona are all wearing their dark blue one piece jumpsuits. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, so like they kind of all have their their role to fill, you know. Um or like everyone has a place in society. And the ones that don't have a place, you know, maybe they go somewhere bad. I don't know. <laughs> so camps or something. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure it's you know Leto's piece, uh has a price yeah like we know mm-hmm. but anyways um yeah nayla's cool topri topri just makes me think of peter pettigrew from the harry potter movies mm, yeah um, very much so just like this fat squirrely looking fucking like constantly sweating turd yeah. just like uh <laughs> you know you would never want to interact with this man yep. you know yeah um but Siona kind of sees a use in him, it seems, and that kind of gets expanded on in the fourth chapter too. But mm-hmm. like, he he seems to have closer ties to to Leto in um, other parts of his life. So yeah. he's he's kind of roped up into this rebellion too, as of this chapter. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was cool to see these characters. Um, kind of seems like there's a you know, that that Nayla and Siona may have known each other for a while. Like, it's possible that they've been yeah. friends. Um, and, like, maybe as they're kind of... You know, but, but their beliefs are obviously, like, kind of taking them in different directions. That's just me. I don't know if that's true or not. But but you, I, I kind of got the impression that... Um, you know they're at least chummy you know so yeah i think so too i think i think that yeah i think that's true and, and also probably why it makes the whole, this whole thing harder for <clears throat> nayla you know yeah 
And then at the end of this chapter, um, I'll I'll just read it. Yeah, it's it's the prayer to Ganema that they find written. It's it's it was hidden in between these two pages from the uh, the stolen journals. Um, it says. The sand beach as gray as a dead cheek. A green tide flow reflects cloud ripples. I stand on the dark wet edge. Cold foam cleanses my toes. I smell driftwood smoke. Again, Siona looked up at Nayla. This is identified as words I wrote when told of Ghani's death. What do you think of that? He loved his sister. Yes. He is capable of love. Oh, yes. We have him now. <laughs> yep. That was uh, obviously very sad, but nice to nice to hear, you know? In a way, right, it is. Some kind of uh, acknowledgement of Ghani and... Um, uh yeah his 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 move you know being moved at her passing um then also gives us kind of the the insider kind of a uh, viewpoint where people don't even really think that he has feelings or or that he uh you know kind of has emotional capacity like, right. like humans do uh which is interesting yeah um I guess not too surprising if, you know, people being born now have only ever known you as like a 4,000 year old God worm. Mm. Um, but, but yes, no, I mean, that is really important. Yeah. That's, that's why this discovery is so important because the assumption, which is a, a pretty logical one, is that he, he does not have these emotions. Yeah. And yet Ganema or uh, <laughs> Ganema, Jesus and Siona, finds this and she's like holy shit yeah i really like that um you know her revelation her the beginnings of like her thoughts on like yes we can destroy him you know don't come from like some weapon or from mm -hmm. looking at the citadel plans or this and that it's like he has feelings yeah yeah you know right. and like mm -hmm. we can manipulate that we we know that he is not this all-powerful, yeah. holier-than-thou God worm. He, some part of him is a human, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's interesting. I want, I mean, that, it, it'll definitely feed into their grand plan. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I liked that chapter, uh, quite a bit. I thought that was a cool one. Is there anything else you'd like to mention from it before we go on? Um, I don't think so. I I mean I I I just do like like seeing the uh, the you know rebellion group interacting. It's it's a it's it's a cool. It looks like a, a an interesting group of people. Yeah, we see more of that later on, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it, it's it's a good little glimpse into um, their their organization. Yeah, 
Yeah, um... It's, you know, they, they... I don't know. It's weird, too. It's like they try to be secretive. Part of me wonders, like, where they are when they're when they're looking at the journals. It sounds yeah. like maybe they're kind of in these, like, similar rooms where they meet later. Yep. But, like, I... You know, like, is this where they live? Do they... Do they live in, like, this, like, sprawling network of, like, just nondescript blank steel rooms that are, like, under and around the castle, mm. Citadel? You know, like, d- does anyone have a house? Do they do they live yeah. at, you know? Part of me wonders, like, uh, with Siona wearing the, the jumper, the jumpsuit, like everyone else, like, these dark blue ones, like... I don't know, are they even at, like, a school or something? Like, I don't know what they do, you know? Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know either. I mean, uh, that, that's, that's again, like, I I, I really want to see a broader picture of this society and where this group fits yeah. in within that society. Because, I mean, I, I don't know, given, given a lot of the things that Lido has said, like, I almost, like, I don't know. I almost don't think he he would kind of make the the society as as kind of um suffocated as as maybe we think it would be you know i think um he's he's very cognizant of how oppression you know leads to rebellion and to you know how to you know keeping most people happy is is the way to rule for a long time. Right. So, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I mean, he, he has ruled for a long time. He's had a good run. So Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So, this, I mean, you've you, you got to think that something is working, though. Something he's doing with within this society, the social structure that he is... Um, you know, enforcing, There, there's something right about it, you know? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Um, it's another good point. I mean, like, the, the more we learn, I guess we'll get to look deeper into that and, and see if we think that that's true ourselves. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll probably just keep getting it piece by piece as mm-hmm. we go through. Um, so our next chapter was another really interesting one. We get, uh, Monio descending into the crypt, uh, to meet with Leto and I guess dispose of the Duncan. (laughs) Yep. Um, and from what we, from what we saw previously in the, in the previous five chapters, um, especially the recording, the conversation between him and his daughter, Siona. I kind of thought that Monio would be a bit more, like, single-minded mm-hmm. in his, like, in his worship or, or his awe of Leto. Like, kind yeah. of in the way that Nela is. Like, Nela, you get the impression that like I, I think Nayla's like a little crazy. Like yeah, she's yeah. completely on the surface, like totally together, but like inside, 
it you really get the impression that she would do anything. Like she would break Siona's neck in a second, in a yeah, heartbeat. Absolutely. You know? And I mean, um, she's she's so devoted that she can't even hide it. You know, like right. Like if Siona straight up asked her, "Oh, do you worship the God Emperor Leto the Second? She would yeah. say, "Yeah, of course, of course, right, right away." Yeah. She wouldn't. That right. She that, she's like incapable of lying. Exactly. That I mean, that would be like a just like a natural reaction. You know. It, it, yeah. She wouldn't even think, but you know. Before uttering those words, right? Um, With yeah. Monio here, I I kind of thought we would get that too because in the recording it seemed like he was like talking to Siona, and he's saying, you know, why don't you fucking worship the worm? And like I see these differences in him and this and that. Yeah, um, I I I think. There's definitely an important uh, dist- well. There, there's yeah. The first distinction that we have in in that chapter where he's talking to Siona is that he can see Leto divorced from the worm, divorced yes. from Shai Halud. Um, so he 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 knows Leto as a person, and also can kind of kind of walks away when that person is gone, and right. the other and 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 the worm comes in. Um, but then in this chapter, what's very interesting is it seems like he he has had a rebellious streak in the past. Right. He used to be like his daughter. Yes. And uh, Leto railed him in. Reined him in. Yep. Yeah, that's that's talked about in that, that fourth chapter, too. But, yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, it's, it's talked about this. here, too. I don't really remember... Uh, where or when in this chapter? Leto mentions yep. that he, uh, when they're talking about Siona and and they're talking about rebellion, like Leto says says you know he's he's a fan of rebellion. He's gonna let them do what they want, and and then he then there's a point where he's like, just like you, you know, I, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have the exact. Uh, yeah, no, no, I. But I, it's I definitely mentioned in the, in uh, this chapter too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I just didn't, didn't pick up on it as, as, as obviously, or just wasn't thinking about it in the, it's not as obvious as in the fourth chapter, but, uh, but yeah, it's there. Yeah. I mean, I was even thinking just more like when Monio is coming down the elevator to do this thing, you know, he's pretty much like, I don't even want to be here. No, not at all. I know. He's not thinking like, oh, this is tough, but like, I need to do it for my Lord or that, you yeah. know, he's just like, I don't like this, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, um, but I, I really, I really liked him in this chapter. I really like, um, Leto's, Leto and Mineo's, um, like back and forth, you know, Leto has some moments where, you know, it, it feels like maybe Monio is the only one who treats him like a person, or or understands that he has, um, yeah, emotions. Like there, there's the the thing where like, you know, Monio's like, I, this must be like actually hard for you, Leto, and Leto is like, yes, you know, to himself, he's like, yes, it is, like, and he's like yeah. really pleased that Monio can can see that can like acknowledge that he he really does feel this way even though it might be the 
500th Duncan, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. He, that, he, that it still triggers something in it. Exactly. Going back to the, the whole uh, um, Moneo rebellion thing. Yeah. It's right here. Um, Leto says, uh, when they're talking about Siona and uh, the rebellion, um, he says, recall how I treated you in similar circumstances. You know the demands of the golden path as well as I do. And he says, he says, but I was young and foolish, Lord. And then he says, young and brash, oh, right. never, never foolish. foolish. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, good. Um, so, I mean, it's not spelled it, but then w- once we, we pick up on it in the fourth chapter, you're like, oh, he, you know, uh, Siona's dad was a little bit of a, you know, rebel as well. That's where she yep. gets it from. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Man, I don't know. I'm kind of just like skimming these pages, and it feels like each page. It's like there's actually a lot to talk. There about is, yeah, in this chapter yeah, with their conversation. It's pretty dense. Um, I mean, like at first, you know, Monio seems kind of worried. He's like, "She's my only daughter." Um, and Leto's like, "What is? It? She reminds me of Hark Alada, who we know is a." Uh, Faridin. Yep. Um, so we get kind of a callback there. Uh, and then he's like, there doesn't appear to be much Ghani in her, although that has to be there. Perhaps she harks back to our ancestors in the Sisterhood's beating program. And so that kind of gives us a small window into... Not that this is like a surprise, because this is where Children of Dune leads off, but this is like showing us that, yes, um, Siona is a product of this breeding line yeah. that mm-hmm. Leto has been overseeing and that it really did start with, um, Faridin and Ganema at mm-hmm. the very end of children of Dune. They, yep. Yep. they do follow through on all of that. So, um, that's, that's kind of spelled out a bit more too. You're right. They, they talk about the golden path. Um, and that, I mean, uh, Moneo is, is, in the loop with the golden path and it has been, yes. been explained what this thing is. Uh, so that's, that's interesting. Um, obviously a confidant of Lido's. Right. And then just after the, the reflection on the breeding program thing, Lido thinks like, was there a need for Maneo to know this peculiar thing about his daughter? Siona could fade from the prescient view at times. The mm, golden yes. path remained. But Siona faded. Yes. Yet she was not prescient. Very interesting. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. What is what does that mean? Does that mean I mean is 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 there something prescient about her that's not been activated? Is there something just different altogether that is is causing that? Does that mean that she is Leto's downfall? I don't know. If if she is, does yeah. that mean the golden path continues, I, I, or does that mean that his his mission has been, you know, failed? Right. Yeah, I mean, my first thought reading that was like, well, does Leto mean she's not prescient and that it's impossible because he's been hoarding the spice? Yeah. Like, I feel like she. My thought is that, like, she must have, like, a really strong natural, like, predisposition for prescience, you know, that she's been, like, 
obviously it's in her her blood in her yeah. genes through the Atreides line. I think um, that's the most likely uh, scenario. Yeah, yeah. But it would be um, interesting if it was if 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 she actually just was something different. If if there's some other reason why uh, Leto, you know, can't get a, a a grip on her that way. Yeah, and I mean that also shows. I kind of forget, but like, ha- didn't they say in the last section that Leto hasn't really been seeing visions, anyways? Like he hasn't really been like actively uh having visions of the future. I mean, he's he's avoiding it, I think. Right. So like yeah. I feel like this kind of shows if he if he notices that Siona is unavailable to see through like his his visions, then he must be having visions, right? But I kind of thought we were getting information to the contrary that like he was like you're saying was like avoiding it. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's some things that he's avoiding, but I also think there's some things that he cannot control. You know, I I I I I think that the prescience is 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 just a like one of his senses. You know. Yeah. He he. I mean, you know, he he can amplify them when he wants to, and maybe he goes on certain trips, with you know, in certain cases, but uh. Um, I think the reason why he he is avoiding them as much as possible is because you know he he kind of can't help it that that you know he he just knows everything intuitively, right? So like everything that he can keep from himself, he will for for his pleasure. Um, but I don't think that that means he is as closed off uh, from it as as you know, maybe he wants to be. Yeah. No, I see. That could be true. Um, jumping around this chapter, the other thing there, when they are talking about the rebellion, Munio mentions like, Oh, well I have an agent in there too. And Leto thinks to himself, you know, it's Topri. So, um, that Leto is probably not wrong. Mm-hmm. So uh, and we get that. Neither is Nayla. Right. <laughs> so we get that, um, that, that piece of info. Um, yeah. Uh, and then what? Monio disables the last gun. Um, and, Leto kind of thinks about it as like I don't know, like a like a microcosm of uh like man's like the 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 foolishness of like man's reliance on machines. Yeah. Like he has this really I'm not gonna go through it and read necessarily, but but Leto has like this whole inner monologue that that really acts as a critique of like um militarism and thinking that like armies specifically feel like they have this ownership to like new technology and yes. he kind of likens technology to like this this dark magic you know yeah. and that uh they think that because that they can wield it that they like control it or that they know it fully and then like they they kind of use it blindly and it really only ever leads to like 
um, like the perpetual destruction. And so like, I think that, um, Leto has a lot of admiration for Monio. He, he, like, he seems to think that Monio is able to like kind of see through a lot of the, the bullshit. Yep. Um, and that Monio maybe himself has like this part of him that's like almost separated from humanity. Not, not mm-hmm. that he isn't human himself, not that he doesn't have those emotions, but like that, like Monio too can like see the folly of man in like yeah. a larger scope as yep. like a species, you know, I think that so. Monio is this like a, kind of a grand individual. Yeah. Um, what, what, what I love kind of towards the end of that section is, um, you know, Leto kind of railing against the Romans and the start, yeah, yeah. the start of that kind of, uh, you know, um, ruling class, you know, with the czars and pharaohs again are mentioned and um, that that was kind of the start of this disease of, of, uh, of, of, of having a, you know, a ruler kind of. Yeah. Um, lording over all these people, and 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 his desire to be the last of of uh, of that breed. Um, it's very interesting to me that that you know he's he's ruled now for yeah three thousand plus years. You know the 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 worst of all of this lot of of mm-hmm. of you know dictators, kings, pharaohs, emperors. He's the worst of them all. Um, and he still holds the, the, that desire to end that um, pattern, you know, break break free from it. Which um, I don't know. It's like it's it it's great. Like that's great that that's his end goal. But it's like, oh man, <laughs> I know. Do do you know? Do the ends justify the means? Right. Yeah, no, I mean that's definitely what's going to make reading through this uh so interesting the the further and further we go to see like you know is is Leto following through on this plan? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he does seem to um kind of like lament his own existence still, you know. So I I think he is still in that agony, but um yeah, I mean, right. And and just like with with Paul, when he was um, emperor of the galaxy on the Golden Lion Throne in Messiah, yeah. you know, we had similar conversations, you know, where it was like, Paul, like, we get that you don't want this. How do you not see that you are the one creating it? You know, that you are the one in power making these decisions to to progress it ever further you know and then ultimately uh you know we we both kind of love paul you know right so yeah, yeah um, that's true and i know that i ended our children of dune like the the ending of children of dune i still remember making this remark where i was like i don't think i'll ever like leto fuck him <laughs> the the ends never justify the means this is bullshit and you know uh i really like making big declarations like that i don't, I don't know yeah, if right. it'll stick or not there's a whole book to read but i know 
I'm excited to see. So uh No, I mean, you know, throughout all of this, I like I definitely still like Leto. I mean He's he's never been as remorseful as Paul, but like Paul, kind of, I don't know. He 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 was like too middling, you know. Like he he wanted to do some of the bad things to you know for for the you know to for the betterment of of the future, but can never go all the way, you know. And right, Leto's like, well, fuck it. Like I'm the only one that can do this, and the alternative yeah. is like humanity fucking dies, you know. So it's like I guess this is just who I am. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean um oh, I, re- I really don't know, man. I really don't. Um uh here, I I think we're gonna, we're going to take our uh, our 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 halfway break uh sure. that we we do every week now. And I'm going to get another drink and uh go pee. Okay, I'll I'll do the same. I'll be right back. We'll be right back. All right. Uh, so I think <clears throat> really the last thing I want to mention here is the end of this chapter, the very end of it. <clears throat> Monio, um is holding the disabled Lasgun, and he says, uh, there is talks on some other planets about another jihad against technology. Technology. Um. Oh, right. That's the other thing that, um, that Leto kind of thinks about. He's like, the jihad against technology is was like failed in its inception because it's a war. It's like fighting a war against war kind of in his mind. It seems like that you can't just like fight a war to to destroy technology, you know? And, and sure enough, even though like you might look at the Dune universe and be like, well, was, didn't it kind of work, you know? But, um, you know, there's still the Ixians and, and all these workarounds that people have, um, have come up with out of necessity that um you know doesn't doesn't really negate these things um so it's interesting that like at once thinking about like how the the butlerian jihad is such a a huge piece of the puzzle when thinking about like the lore of dune and leto's just like that was dumb like that was never gonna work you know and Monio is like, people are kind of talking about it again. You know, that it kind of comes around in like this cyclical nature where it's like, it's still not good enough, you know? And it's interesting too, because, um, you know, on the outside he is, Leto is against kind of technology and the, these Ixian and, you know, Tylaxu inventions, but we know he uses them for personal purposes as well and um there's a moment there where uh um Nayla uh is that her name Nayla yeah yeah she she uh kind of like thinks about the hypocrisy but kind of rationalizes it in her mind you know 
Yeah, I think she thinks something like nothing is forbidden to uh, yeah to, to Leto, the, yep. to, to the, the god emperor. emperor. Mm, exactly. Yeah. So it's like he doesn't really believe that computers are bad. We're all bad, but for his purposes, he that's kind of what he is going with publicly. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a power in um <clears throat> in in continuing the the myth. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's another leadership 101 thing there. So, yeah. Um I really feel like for this chapter we we could talk a lot more about it, but I I feel pretty satisfied with what we get here. Yeah. I really like I re- I really like Monio. Um I was expecting to not like him just given the the recording from before just the how I thought he would kind of be at odds with Siona which of course he he is on some important issues but um I think his dynamic with Leto is like really really cool to read yeah um and it's also kind of ominous right like he sort of provides this this potential future for his daughter where it's like, you know, presumably just like you're saying Monio was just as rebellious, you know, just as, uh, had all the same things going for him, you know? And yet of course here he is serving at the right flipper of (laughs) the God emperor, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, when when uh Siona is kind of called out to that fact in the fourth chapter um you know she's like so what you think that uh we atreides are just like kept on a leash and just given enough rope until we're yanked back you know mm-hmm. like obviously Siona just like anyone would you know thinks of herself as, as this wholly unique individual you know that she's yeah making her own decisions for herself, you know, not part of anyone's plan. Um, and yeah, it's kind of scary because Monio must have thought those same thoughts. And yet he is, uh, yep. seems to be perfectly content working with Leto now. So, and I or mean, pretty much content. Is this what, you know, Leto means when he thinks so, you know, I, I, have something big in mind to use Siona for, you know, is, is, is he going to be her next or his next companion? Yeah. And also at the same time, it's like from their interactions, I can totally see how, how, uh, Monio is like, yeah, well, Lido is a human being too, you know, cause they, they do have that kind of rapport, like just to people talking, you know, it's not, not the, the emperor and servant, you know, exclusively. Yeah. Yeah, they they are on um, a surprisingly level playing field. Yeah, at least when it comes to just obviously, uh, Leto has an insane wealth of ancestor memories to draw on, and mm. but uh, but you know, in, intellectually, um, they're they're kind of like sparring partners. So yeah, it's cool. Definitely uh, looking forward to seeing that. As we as we keep reading, um, all right, third chapter. Yeah. Okay. This one. 
This one starts off, I am Duncan, Idaho. <laughs> Our fave is back. What a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one answered a lot of questions that I didn't even think to raise yeah. immediately. Um, like, particularly when it, when it kind of quickly covers... Um, this this Duncan Idaho's like birth in the tanks, uh, his his like training and catch up after and but but particularly that you know of course he's born as a Gola, but he becomes Duncan Idaho, and before that took an entire fucking book, you know, mm-hmm. and. You know, of course, that was the first time they had done it in Messiah. And so at this point, now that they know the drill, uh, I always forget. Is this the, the Tle Lajou? The Tle Laksu? Yeah, right. Yep. Um, you know, they uh, they just kind of have it down to a science. It seems like it's just like probably really mundane for them. You know, they're like, okay, um, have him try and stab the Gola Paul that we have. Um, I, I guess they that's made so, one. <laughs> well, that raises more questions, right? Like, yeah, I mean, Duncan himself is not even sure that it really is a Gola Paul, but it's close enough where that triggered his, you know, conditioning to be broken or, or yeah, you know, right. Uh, so, but yeah, pretty much what we saw happen to hate in Messiah is the same thing that happens to every every Duncan Gola they make. Yes, for three thousand years, which is crazy. I mean, you would think that they would have a way, like a a, a better, more streamlined way to do it at this point. Maybe. I mean, I guess it kind of really goes to show that, um, you know, I think this is as streamlined as they can get it. That like that in order to create uh, the human from the Gola, you know, it's not like there's some method that you can replicate with technology necessarily, you know, like it, the, the triggering event is going to be like a personal thing for each Gola, you know? And so it could be drastically different from one to the, next it's pretty fucked up too that um you know it takes that much psychic torture to to kick these uh idaho's into gear you know like i know just over and over and over again and um like do they have gola paul and if so how (laughs) like that's that's crazy shit it is yeah i mean like the things they could do like that's that's an enormous power that they're sitting on, if that's yeah. true. Yeah, I mean, especially if they if the sleeper was awakened. You yeah. Know? Yep. Right. <laughs> right. If, um, if they had access to, to you know spice, more spice, then that then that, that would be that that would change things. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, uh, I was kind of surprised just that neither of us, like, I was looking back on it, reading this chapter, and I'm like, how did I not like ask how the fuck this is Duncan Idaho 
Yeah. It feels like I, you know, it's like I, I kind of just like took the, oh, it's a Gola face, but it's not a Gola, right? I mean, it is, but like, it's a Gola in the sense that Duncan Idaho in Children of Dune was a Gola. Yeah, and exactly. In our minds, he wasn't. You know, yeah. you you get over that. You're not that thing anymore. Yeah. Um. And yet here we are in God Emperor, and I was like, "Cool, Stunk and Idaho," you know. Yeah, <laughs> didn't I mean, even well, like question it. My assumption was that they came up with a better way to do it and didn't didn't have to go through right, that right, same right. Thing every every time. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty wild and 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 fucked up. It is. Um, yeah, part of me, I really like it. I like that that's kind of just retained as this. Um, yeah. Strange part of the Dooniverse, you know that it that the technology doesn't get better. They need to. Yeah make this fucking clone stab another clone and 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 that that makes it a person and it's like what <laughs> yeah no it's 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 pretty crazy and uh and then what what was also very interesting to me is is you know Duncan kind of essentially waking up like 3000 years after he died yes yeah we we do also get a confirmation we were asking before is this a gola of Duncan from his first death, from his second death. It yeah, is the first. It is, yeah. It is the uh, from the original uh, Duncan Idaho, and so like he doesn't, he doesn't, he like at once does not have the memories. It seems of what Duncan experienced in Messiah and Children of Dune, but it seems like he gets like a crash course because there is a part in this where. Um, he mentioned something about the twins, mm-hmm. Leto and Ganema. Yes. Yeah. Um, which, of course, he wouldn't be able to know about mm-hmm. uh, if he had the only the memories of the first Duncan. And so I, yeah. I think, I think they mentioned that he's like taught a kind of history that he yep. is unsure if he should like accept or reject because it all sounds so mm-hmm. insane to him. Yeah. You know. But um. Yeah, I like the work that this does just in, like, uh, answering a lot of questions, again, that, like, I didn't even really think to ask. But, like, if I ever did, it would be like, oh, yeah, that's, like, a huge, you know, it's like, if you're going to keep making Duncan Idaho's for thousands of years or whatever, you would need to go through this process, right? Like, it's it's not even just how does he go from a gola to a person, but, like kind of the training of him the teaching of him um also uh the you know, transporting of him another distinction is that he is not a mentat because mentats are banned uh in in leto's presence yes yep yeah right just no there's just no mentats anymore yep. apparently uh yeah that was another was that in this chapter? Does like Duncan ask something about a men? Oh I yeah, think that's in yeah. this chapter, yeah. It is, yeah. When Duncan's being interviewed by the two uh, women, yep. He asks if one of them is a mentat, and they're like, "There's no mentats anymore." So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder why that is. Maybe it just seemed like it would be too dangerous to have a group of people capable of like. C- computing thoughts like yeah, you know I, that, I mean, that they could just uh uh-huh. if you had a bunch of mentats in the rebellion that that would be too much of a threat or possibly yeah um so before we get to uh we'll we'll do this in two quick bits 
there's kind of like the whole backstory bit and then uh he gets interviewed by the the, the two women when he lands on arrakis but everything up until him getting to arrakis um i don't know did, are you do you have any other thoughts on that other than what we've said or um good? yeah i mean it's it's uh i don't know it's 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 interesting um just kind of seeing him kind of trying to reconcile his memories from what's happening now i guess and uh Oh, man, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's just kind of cool, get, you know, getting his his thoughts um, about you know what he perceives is going on. And um, for me, the most interesting part that I mean, really kind of uh, is is talked to you know towards the end is is just you know Duncan's disgust at you know. Leto two being a tyrant, and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I think in his mind he he is you know because of the name, then also because of just of of how uh, loyal he was to Duke Leto is is you know he's comparing the two, and then seeing kind of just the the blind fanaticism that the that the two women have for the God Emperor Leto the second, and his his disgust about that is 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 very interesting to me. Um, and what's also interesting is that that's there in in a way that was not there uh, with Paul in Dune Messiah when you know hate awakened as as uh, Duncan. So I don't know. N- not there in the sense that like you think that that Duncan could have um also felt that way about Paul. No, I just don't think his. I, I don't th- think he really expressed much of any disdain for the the level of devotion that moi did receive oh right yeah i see what you mean that's true um yeah yeah i think some of it i mean um clearly the other duncan idaho's it seems like they go through this period of uh acceptance i guess you know acceptance of Leto, like I, I'm kind of left with this feeling that, um, you know, they'll serve Leto probably under the motivation of recognizing that it's him, and and then being like, well, you're an Atreides, you know, it's like the Atreides loyalty, yeah, that kind of supersedes everything else. Um, before they start maybe grappling with those questions of loyalty and, you know, also fearing for their own lives. Yeah. And I mean, Lito does try to butter him up too. And, you know, with, with his message being that he, you know, he loves you like, 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 like the Atreides have always loved you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, (laughs) that, uh, I guess we are talking about the the interview with the women and stuff that, uh, (laughs) That felt so culty, you know. Yeah. Um, right. It's like just, just know that he loves you. But I also we don't love you, Duncan. But I also don't think that's untrue necessarily. Like, yeah, I think probably Leto probably does love Duncan Idaho, 
um you know because not only he 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 has memories with with uh the first Zola Duncan but he also has all the memories of 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 Paul and and you know the first Lido in in uh, their their work with with the original Duncan so yep that it's it's definitely not totally untrue but it's also there you know to to uh you know make it so he follows and is loyal to the god emperor yeah yeah but i feel like leto also knows that it doesn't work you know that like you yeah. can't just tell duncan that you know whoa the atreides love you we yeah. love you you know like like you're saying like this chapter ends with duncan skeptical and he has questions and he wants answers and he know that he'll only get those answers from Leto. Yep. Um, and I, I mean, I, I, I think that there's a there. It's it's probably uh, the case that all of the all of the Duncan Golas go through the same thing, where is they are skeptic, and then right. they put up with it for who knows how long. But ultimately, it always leads to them realizing that this person needs to be destroyed, and you know, yeah. I, I have to do this for the good of humanity, and then not being able to do it. Yeah, I think that's probably the case. Um, so yeah, once they're on Arrakis, which Duncan almost doesn't believe, because of course his memories are of it as Dune. Yeah, it's not Dune anymore, just no. Arrakis. Yep. Um, and so uh, the the two women of like the what the Royal Guard, Imperial, Imperial Guard. Guard. Um, we get Luli. <laughs> And then we get friend, (laughs) mystery lady with a mask that completely conceals her face and maybe even changes her voice, Duncan suspects. So we don't know who she is. She's like, uh, you know, I'm wearing the mask because we don't want to be known that I serve the God Emperor. Um... They kind of make a comment about her physique that made me think about Nayla. Same, They're same. Both commented yeah, on it. Could be Nayla. I don't. I mean, it, you know, I'm not sure how she would get around that fast, or who knows at what time. You know, the timeline here, but uh, I don't know. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, it'd be interesting if that's what they do, because obviously she's truly loyal to the God Emperor. And yet, if it were her, it's it's funny that she has to hide her service to the God Emperor to maintain her believability as a member of the Rebellion. Yeah, yep. You know what I mean? It is. Like, yeah. she has to... She, she has to hide her true allegiance uh, and be visible in her hiding. Yep. I guess. Be visible um, in, in, in her, you know, Rebellion... Yeah, against, against him. Yeah, but um, yeah, not certainly doesn't have to be her, but but just going off of the descriptions, it's where where our minds go, right? Um, just trying to think. Oh right, they wanted to determine if he's been tampered with by the dirty. Tlaylaxin. Yeah. 
they've got disdain for the playlocks there. They do. Um, that's another thing that felt really, I don't know, cult like or like really, you know, just yeah. like um, completely like uh, autopilot, like because uh, it's not just that they have like disdain; they do, but it's like built into the language. You know, you would yes. never just say let's play laxu. They're the dirty to laxu always, always. Yeah. Yeah. right? Um, and always dirty, you know, it's, it's the, it's the repetition that kind of like hammers in that, uh, that, that, uh, I don't know what the, they're like wired, you know, yes. they're, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And so Duncan it's, sees it's, that, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like the, these people are like everyone they've know they, they know and have ever known are, you know, allegiant to the God emperor, like their grandparents, grandparents, grandparents grandparents you know are like they 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 have no concept of life right before leto the second like which is insane that's three thousand years generations and generations and generations like uh so there's there's of course tons of blind devotion you know like it's it's uh to to a degree we've never seen in our in in you know in our life like it's that's, yeah. that's a long fucking time right yeah, no, I mean, it would, I feel like you'd be forgiven, I, you know, if, if you really lived through something like that, it wouldn't even be like blind devotion to be like, well, why wouldn't you? you yeah. Know? Like, why? <laughs> it's learned devotion. That's, that's what yeah. you learn. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, Duncan has a bit of a joke at the end. He's like, ah, oh, you know, I want to get a bath, get the stink of the, the, the dirty to relax yeah, yeah. off of me. Exactly. He's playing along uh, at the end. But uh, yeah, he he pretty much wants to know like what happened to all the other Duncans. Yeah. Um, and he's planning on asking, or or trying to find that out from Leto himself. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then and then one of them or, or uh, Lily says that she's gonna bathe him herself, which is a little bit yes. uh, little little suggestive there. Oh yeah, certainly. There's um. <laughs> there's a bit of that old herbert horniness creeping are they in, gonna i know? mean are 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 they going right into using him in the breeding program <laughs> <laughs> well they have to find out if he can stand at stud first true maybe this so, is the test this is the test yeah right, right. The, 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 the first bath is the test must be it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um it, this was cool i liked getting a chapter from duncan's perspective yeah me too. especially you know hot off the heels of um the previous Duncan's death. Uh, I get the feeling that this Duncan is the Duncan that we are going to be sticking with throughout the remainder of the yeah. book. You know, yeah. I feel like the, the first Duncan's death is kind of just like setting us up, kind of creating these expectations, like showing us this part of the backstory instead of just telling us in a couple lines. Yeah, we actually get to see that all play out. Yes, yeah. And then the real Duncan shows up, you know, or or the Duncan that we're going to be following as a character. The main um, Duncan. That remains to be seen, but I mean, yeah, I we, think we can, that's we can what's happening through, here. We we could go through a Duncan every second chapter. We very well could. Um, it's possible, but I mean, it it seems like you know Leto lets these Duncans live out like a a decent amount of time before he kills them. There are even a few that have died of natural causes. It was said right. 19, I think 
19 Duncans have died <laughs> of natural causes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I think we're 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 gonna be riding with this one for probably the remainder of the book. Yeah. And I I think I'm happy that Duncan's back, kind of being cert you know ser- serving us with kind of something new. Uh, it's a very interesting you know choice, but uh, I think I like it. I think I like what what role he's going to play in all of this. Yeah, it's and cool. and, and, and also, I think he's going to serve kind of as like a like a reader conduit in a way because. He's he's walking into the society totally fresh too, like we are. Like he doesn't have memories, you know, from these three thousand years either. So, you know, his his reactions, I feel like, are going to mirror our, you know, ours when he realizes and 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 learns kind of the ins and outs of uh of what's going on. That's a good point. Yeah, we probably will get to learn a lot through him as he learns yeah. about this uh, this new Arrakis. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy to think how much uh, Duncan <laughs> has gone through. Like, yeah, it's insane. You know, no one. If I were to just be reading the first Dune book, and anyone who read more than that tried to explain to me the insane journey that Duncan, the guy that like barely has fucking ten lines of his own, I know, and then like dies not even a quarter of the way through the book, you know, like. Uh, he's he's a pivotal character in the Dune saga. Yeah, but he's, I mean, like so much more than uh, Gurney and and Hot. Oh, absolutely, I know. Doing like yeah. it's crazy. It is. It is. Yeah, you you never would have guessed it. And I mean, like his plight really at this point is comparable to Paul's or Leto's. Like, like he's been through the ringer, and it's a perpetual like curse of being killed and brought back to life over and over again yeah yeah all right let's uh go through this fourth chapter and then the fifth one yes you know it'll be a breeze they're pretty much going to go one and the other um and we've already talked about this fourth chapter a bit here Mm -hmm. and there too so uh this is the meeting of the rebels um Topri is giving his speech to the new members with his fake cries knife. Um, Siona's watching. She thinks it's dumb, but she's like, whatever, I'll let it play out. Yeah. We get a little flashback on uh, Topri and Siona getting the fake cries knife. Um, and then, like, you know, at the time. Siona goes along with it. She says she thinks it's a good idea, but at the end, she we come back to uh, the the current day of the chapter, anyways, and she's like, "We should have never done it. Um, a copy of something is worse than nothing." I thought that was a really poignant line coming off the Duncan chapter, thinking about. You know- do we have yeah. a copy? Yeah. Or do we have the original? Yeah. You know? Yep. I, I, I read that a couple of days after the Duncan chapter, so um that did not even dawn on me, but you're absolutely right. That's that's that that, that is saying a lot about the Duncan copies. Yeah. 
Um, and Siona, you know, who, who seems to like harbor this really, this old world Fremen attitude, right? You know, uh, Stilgar, when the Duncan Gola was first brought in, was like, you know, kill it, fuck this shit, you know, we we don't want it, you know, and I think that she's like very much of that mindset you know that these mm-hmm. things are like unnatural and and even a copy of a cry's knife is an insult you know yeah. no you're right yeah um so I, I i feel like that gives us a peek into like more of her like fremen attitude Definitely. um and then we we kind of get more into uh Topri's like oh we have a, a Oh, we have a guest. Special you know? guest in the house. Yeah, yeah. Everyone puts on uh, these masks. And the guest is uh, Io Kobats, the yeah. ex ambassador from Kobats. Ix. Yep. Ixian. Um, yes. So he was the ambassador up until. Uh, that exact day he was told to leave in disgrace uh because Kobat the the las gun that the Duncan had is traced back to him. Yes. That's how he got it. Um and so Kobat and Siona have this whole exchange. Um it's a good one. We'll get into it, but I'll just quickly summarize the rest of the chapter. And then uh, uh, at the end, Siona uh, kicks kicks Topri out. Uh, it's kind of she sees this connection, you know, that Topri. Uh, is still blurting out things that uh Kobat knows things about the rebellion that he shouldn't or does yep. not need to that that Topri told him. But I think even more than that, like she just kind of like sees through Topri. Like she kind of mentions that Topri and Kobat share this glance and it's like a veil that she could peer into, you know, yeah. she she sees like his true character and um yeah, so so Topri leaves the rebellion, or uh, I don't know, was banished, kicked out, whatever you want to say. Um, and and then we get some. There's a lot of message delivering in this. Yeah, chapter she too. sends him, a, uh, you know, to deliver a message to Leto. Yep. Yeah. Uh, do not argue that it was the worm who spoke of me and my package to Kobat. The worm does not send clumsy messages. Tell him I said that. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of a funny way to, yeah. to end there. But yeah, I think really we'll probably focus on this conversation between Kobat and uh, Siona. But just in general, what, what did you... What did you think? Do you have any thoughts you want to get out on this chapter here? I mean, again, I think it's a cool glimpse of the of uh, the rebellion and the processes that it, it goes through. Um, and yeah, the the uh, addition of the ex Ixian ambassador is very interesting. Um, where you know he is obviously withholding 
information from Siona, and it's 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 good to see how how fast she can pick up on that and and uh, kind of sees through all the bullshit. Um, and knows that like the only reason that she's able to send the the uh, you know the stolen journals to the Ixians with the ambassador is because like Lita wants that to happen. He, he, you know, yep. he, like he's the one that made this, you know, uh, special guest kind of link up with Topri. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think this just goes to show that, you know, Siona really is a force to be reckoned with. Um, and has a really good perception of kind of interpersonal, communications in body language and uh all all definitely very atreides person you know like uh character traits yep and skills um yeah feels a little benay gesserit too definitely yeah to pick up on all that some some innate you know benay gesserit skill there um because like i don't know i mean i doubt she was trained in any benay gesserit way but uh you know there there there's a bit of uh Jessica in her there you know a little bit of that yep. uh so yeah what's this whole thing what do you make of this whole thing between the oral history and the formal history yeah um it seems like the formal history is kind of like our how our history books would be in their kind of, I mean, streamlined and the ours are like whitewashed, you know, and yeah, the, the winners write the history books or whatever. So I think that's kind of definitely the same thing um, in the Duneverse. Their, the formal history is, is definitely uh, cherry picked. The oral history I feel like is, history that's passed down you know from generation to to generation uh via you know word of mouth storytelling stuff like that and so you can kind of tell like when both the oral history and the formal history lines up and that is probably the truth right um so i don't know but it's 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 cool to know that there is a distinction between the two yeah yeah um and that's kind of where we get the whole There's like this lot it sounds like the oral history too, like it's interesting in that it kind of sounds like it's it's less of um just like this vague spoken word, like just a bunch of people like, oh yeah, I remember that. Like it almost sounds like there's like lines to it. Yeah. Like something you could recite, you know? Because um Because Topri tells Kobat that he should, like, um, review parts of the oral history. And Siona's like, what were you told to review? And he says, the Atreides line. Mm-hmm. And um, and then Siona's like, oh, right, and now you think you know why my people joined me in rebellion. And Kobat replies, the oral history tells exactly how he treats everyone in the Atreides line. Yeah. And that he gives us a little rope and then hauls us in, you know, right. 
and then that's what he did to your father, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, they've definitely passed the point where, you know, there are audio recordings, you know, so I, I it probably is like just recordings of people recanting the history, you know? Yeah. Um, down the line, uh, something similar to that. Um, which, yeah, which, which I mean, I guess still does diverge from the formal history. Right. Maybe it's um, thought to be the, 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 the more reliable of the two sources. Yeah, I guess. Right. But then you kind of get the, the impression that, uh, you know, it's like, is the oral history, the people's history. And then the yeah. formal history is Leto's history. Uh-huh. You know, is that kind of probably the gist of it? Um, and then, yeah, Kobat talks a bit more about the message he's meant to deliver. Uh, and also, sorry for, sorry to that's fine. interrupt that's you, fine. but, um, I feel like it's a very Leto thing. It's a very Leto thing to do to, you like, change history for your benefit, but only slightly so it's more believable and people don't, you know think it's all hogwash and they and so people are more prone to believe it and and you know think of its legitimacy right like like that's definitely a Lido trait is is like yeah give them enough rope right you know right like give them enough leeway to think that they actually are thinking for themselves and that they are happy and content but but in actuality you 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 have the you, you've got the reins in your hands yeah yeah very uh cunning and sinister yeah for sure um, Kobat's message. He he kind of mentions more of it. Um, that Leto wants an extension for his cart, mm-hmm. and so Siona immediately is like, "So he does expect to grow." So we yeah. kind of we we could be getting full on book cover uh, Leto. We could be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how fast does that transformation take place? You know, right. We'll, we'll be I mean, getting another time jump. He, yeah, I mean, he mentioned um, talking about his flippers. I think he said something like, "Oh, his flippers will be like completely uh, like gone in yeah. four hundred years or yep. something." Like he does kind of give a uh, an estimate. Yeah. Uh, at least for some kind of growth. He is still evolving. Right. Um. And then he wants a large supply of Redulian crystal paper. We know that's what he uses to write his journals mm-hmm. on. That's I think that's what Siona steals. Yes. They kind of mention that the, the crystal paper is so heavy. She cannot translate it. Yes. Um... Oh, right. And then it kind of ends. Kobat mentions they are sending a niece of Malky. <laughs> and then we kind of get cut off. We don't learn anything about Malky per se. Just that people know about Malky, you know? And so Kobat's like, you might remember that he and Siona's just like, oh, we remember Malky. We know Malky. Um, and we'll we'll talk about that. That kind of goes into the, the Queen Uri. Yeah. Who's going to be the new ambassador. Um I think I just want to mention maybe one or two more things from this chapter quickly. Uh one is 
that so in this chapter we get Siona giving the copies of the stolen journals to um Kobat to take to the Ixians. And then she mentions that she's also going to send them to the Bene Gesserit and the Guild. And we don't exactly know what happens between now and then. But on the first page of this book, when they're talking about the deciphering of the stolen journals, they say that it's from the Spacing Guild. Yep. And it was the method of the guild key employed to translate them. And that no one denies the antiquity of the gold, the guild key. So I'm still... Uh, still just like, what the fuck, man? But... You know, just putting two and two together there. So it seems like... That the, the you know, Kobat here is not going to be the one to decipher it. So. No, no. I thought that was interesting to see these events playing out piece by piece yeah. as we read along. But uh, Yeah, yeah, we got a little glimpse into the future. Right. Um, and I think the only other thing... It's all this, like, talk about messages. Because then Kobat has a message... Um, Right, Leto wants Kobat to deliver a message, and then Siona gives Kobat the journals, and then Topri a message. But the message that Kobat has from Leto, Siona's like, "You idiot! Don't you realize what he's really saying?" But I kind of forget what's happening there. Do you remember? Ah, um, I mean, it's 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 all very, you know, like coded, um, and yeah, messages within messages, right? Yeah. Um I'm just trying to find it. Sorry. Uh Oh, okay. It's uh so this is it. Um Oh, right. Okay. Um so Kobat The Ixians are working on a technology Oh yes, that, yes, yes. Uh, to um, travel through space yes. more efficiently than the guild now that they don't have the right. spice. Yep. Right. It's it's to try and mimic the spice. It's yep. to, so the so the guild can navigate courses in space without spice because obviously Leto is hoarding it. Yes. Um, Leto seems to be fine with that because Siona is saying. That they'll never do it. Siona's like, Leto thinks you will never do it, and that's yep. why he doesn't stop you. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Right, the the worm is telling you, Ixians, to continue cheating the guild and the Bene Gesserit. It I do like that they, that they just call him the worm in the Rebellion group. They, yeah, he's, yeah. He's just the worm. <laughs> yes. Um, that is funny. But yeah, so it seems like the the cheating there, the Bene Gesserit and the Guild obviously have an interest in the Ixians 
completing this technology if it's possible. Yes. And in order to do it, the Ixians are saying they need spice to like run tests and shit. And so the Bene Gesserit and the and the guild are giving spice to the Ixians on like this hope that the Ixians will create a technology that will end the need for spice. And Leto seems to think this is very funny because in his eyes, the Bene Gesserit and the guild are simply wasting their spice. Yeah. And yeah, so the yeah. the more they use it on nothing, the better for Leto because that's less spice to their horde, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a, it's a only happening because he's allowing it to happen because he he's certain that it's not achievable and it amuses him. Mm. Yeah, it kind of feels like everything that's happening in this book is only happening because he's allowing it to happen, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> I think that's true. I, th- I think because it's all, you know, the the silly games these humans play really, you know, entertains him. But as we see when he daydreams in the, you know, the chapter where, where, with, with the Duncan assassination attempt, yeah. that, that might actually be his downfall. I think it very well may. Um... I feel like there's there's a lot more in this conversation too. These these conversations with Monio from the previous chapter and these conversations with uh, Kobat and Topri. There's actually a lot going on there, but yeah. I feel pretty good about what we covered. Unless there's anything else you want to mention? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, just that now Siona thinks the traitor in her midst has been taken away, but really they're still is at least one right left, left within her uh her company yeah and of course you know topri uh doesn't seem to have a strong allegiance no matter what like he's if he's getting removed from the rebellion you know is he not just going to go right back to leto and just yeah. like and again, right, like, Leto knows all this shit. I guess yeah. maybe that's why Siona's not worried about it. Because and that's what she wants. That's what Siona, you know, Siona wants him to go back to Leto and tell him, you know. Right, yeah. Um, just seems like it could, like, there could still be a danger in, you know, uh, taking someone out of your, your group that, you know, has all this insider knowledge. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I think, like you're saying, Siona just doesn't, not that she doesn't care, but it's part of her plan too. So it just is what it is. And when you're dealing with somebody who is, you know, trying to overthrow somebody who is prescient and all knowing or mostly knowing, you know, uh, that, that changes the game a little bit and, and there's only so much that you can hide. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go to this last chapter. It's a short one. It's um, it's a recording of uh, an Ixian inquisitor and Hui Nori, niece of Malky. We all Malky, know Malky. Good old Malky. I know. We know Malky. Lovable champ. Um, uh, and so, coming off of Kobat's... Uh, you know, 
not being the ambassador and yeah i can't think of the word but not not being the ambassador yeah and and also yeah huey nori is going to be the new ambassador but also um siona says that you know we didn't use you kobat because we because there would be no use but we will use her you know we we right we, we will work with her yes that's or true her he i don't know I, I'm, not, I'm not sure the gender of him i don't know no it's it's a woman okay it's a girl um yeah so right she she seems that she'll be coming into the fold with the rebellion perhaps or or at least they'll be uh trying to yeah uh but yeah so right it does end with hui becoming the new ambassador um and we get a little bit of insight into Malky. Um, she says a couple times, like, well, that's what my uncle believed, yeah. you know? Um, and, I mean, Malky is somebody who has a, a very good um, relationship or and, and kind of viewing of Leto, you know? Yeah. Definitely looks on the on, on, on the positive side of, of the God <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's this really interesting line where... Um, okay, Hui Nuri says... But he being Leto, already had the prescient ability, as did his father before him. I propose he made this desperate choice to become the worm, because he saw in our future something that only such a sacrifice would prevent. Um, and the Inquisitor's like, what thing are you talking about? Hui Nuri says, I don't know, but I'll try and figure it out. And then the, the next line, Inquisitor says, you make the tyrant appear a selfless servant of the people. Where Hui Nuri says, was that not a prominent characteristic of his Atreides family? Yeah. Bang on the money. And so, yeah, um, the, like you're saying, the, the Ixians, as like a people, and shown in this Inquisitor, are, are not happy with uh, the God Emperor. You know, they're working with him just like the Guild is, just like the B'nai Gesserit is, out of necessity. Yes. For a crumb of spice. Yep. Um, but yeah, Queen Marie seems to have this <clears throat> favorable opinion of Leto, probably based off of her uncle Malky. Yeah. Um, and so Nori thinks like, oh, well, clearly we don't see eye to eye. You're not going to want me. And then they're like, on the contrary. You got the job. Uh, yeah, right. You're hired. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this, this is, this is cool. Um, really the, the thing that I, that I like about this chapter is kind of just, um, expanding on this idea or, or giving more, um, giving giving more credence to this you know idea of uh leto's burden that he's carrying you know um 
that that he is playing this role and doing this thing uh as as a uh oh wow i, I think i'm losing it here at the end i'm we got to wrap this up <laughs> It's already nine ten. It's past your bedtime. I, yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Two I mean, years in. Yeah. The the, uh, the 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 thing that I want to point out about the chapter most of all go is ahead. Uh, go ahead. You know, Malky judging him. Uh, you know, capable of brutality, but ultimately civilized. Yeah. Right. And uh, that he lacks all innocence and naivete, and is only to be feared when he pretends when he fakes it. Those yeah. Yes. Yes, when when he's feigning to be innocent or naive, uh, so that's that's very very interesting to me. Um, I think I think Malky w- was ultimately right, and we can judge. You know, we can we can we can talk about the morals of of Leto and his brutality and his reign, but uh, you know, I think I think Malky is right in that he is. You know, as as all other Atreides have been is in service to the people um, in a sick way. Yeah, I think it it also kind of touches on that, like, Leto-Worm division, mm-hmm. where you have, like, the Worm side probably more capable of the brutality yeah. and the Leto side capable of the civility. Yep. Um, but, yeah, totally. I... Whatever we end up making of Leto and whatever he ends up doing, we can at least safely say from his perspective, he believes he's doing it in service to humanity. Exactly. And uh, Malky and uh, his niece here seem to see that and respect that. Yep. Um, but it feels like whatever happened to Malky, people... People have a, uh, I don't know, almost like a reverence. Yeah, for it. they're like, oh, we know Malky. Like, yeah, I, I, is Malky dead? I know, alive? I know. What did he do? Like, why do we know Malky? You know, I, I hope we get we get a uh, you know a, a rundown of what happens to good old Uncle, Uncle Malky. Uh, <laughs> sounds like an interesting t- uh, tale that is 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 well circulated for sure um man yeah five good good chapters i think i think this is good shit i think i i I, uh yeah i think we're 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 getting into uh getting into the brunt of it all totally yeah i appreciate each one really feels like um it gave us a different window yeah you know, in, into these different parts. You know, it feels like we're not jumping around factions so much mm-hmm. as we are different characters within these two broader kind of factions. Yeah. And um, that's cool to see. You know, I, I like that we have all these characters to follow. We're already getting, um, you know, the start of, you know, where their real allegiances are yeah. and, and how that's going to, how how that could play off of one another, you know. Um, so the board is still being set, but like, it's really, really fun to read. Really cool to see. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I really, really appreciate the different, 
perspectives that this is uh, has been giving us so far. Agreed. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm most excited about um, seeing how this Duncan is going to um, adjust to, you know, new Arrakis society yeah. and living under the the rule of of uh, Leto the Second. I think that'll be very interesting, and also um, I think. Queen Ori is going to. I I just get the feeling that they're going to be a very interesting character. So I'm excited to see <laughs> what 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 role they have to play. Yeah, I like her name. Yes, me too. It's fun to say. Yeah, we're getting some real some real dumb Dune names in here. Yeah, that, uh, bring, really, I really bring appreciate. it on. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, cool man. Um, yeah, that's it for me. That's that. Yeah, do the plug. Well. If you want to send us an email, if you want to uh, order a custom Dune sweater, mm-hmm. uh, you can email us at dunedudespod at gmail.com or for any other Dune dudes related uh, questions or concerns. Um, we have a Twitter account. Yeah, I, ha- I haven't posted. Sorry. I haven't, Dude, I haven't, I haven't done we anything. We have a Twitter account, Dune that, Dudes Pod. But, uh, it's at Dune Dudes Pod on Twitter. And it's. Uh, y- if you follow very shortly, your feed will be littered with um, Dune shit posting, as they call call it. Yeah, I think for uh, sure spice posting, spi- right? Dune spice posting, yes. Yeah, I I think that's gonna get started very very shortly, um, and uh, you can follow us also at Corrupts TV on Twitter and on Instagram, um, for everything Corrupts TV related, and as always. Until next time. If you send us a message, make sure it's not a clumsy one. Ooh, damn. Be like Leto. (laughs) Not like Topri. Bye.